0: Welcome to Yolitix, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey there, another uh, episode of Yolitix. I'm Jason Whiteley here with Jason Wheeler, and we are less than 100 days Mm -hmm. until November. It's still, Jason, to me, it still seems like it's like six, seven months away. But what's weird.
1: on it. It's weird because it feels like this campaign has been going forever already. But then uh, now you think, uh, yeah, it does feel like it's still pretty far off. And I think if you talk to most people, uh, they've made up their minds one way or the other and they're ready to just get it done. But before we get to the point where we just get it done and head into that voting booth or vote by mail or absentee or whatever it may be, we've got to endure a lot of commercials first, Jason. A lot of ads are going to be hitting the
0: airwaves. A lot of ads and, and ads show up with money. And that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode of Yolitics. And here's what's remarkable. As we've kind of, uh, I don't don't want to say become complacent because we're not complacent. We do Yolitics every week and inside Texas politics. Um, But the Democrats in this state have been pretty busy. Yeah, and, the story
1: you know, is definitely different this election cycle for them.
0: Yeah, you, you look at Democratic turnout on Super Tuesday and in the uh, the runoff, um, the primary runoff as well, too. And Democrats are getting people to the polls. You mm-hmm. look at the actual surveys, the polls that are done, and we've had survey after survey showing Joe Biden either tied or uh, leading Donald Trump in Texas. And now we're seeing over the past few weeks, Democrats are raising a lot of money and in some cases they are out raising Republicans. So the question is this morning, the thesis for our podcast today, um, are we actually witnessing Texas turning blue right now and just may not realize it?
1: Yeah, but a lot of prominent Republicans have actually warned about this over the past several years, uh, basically uh, telling their supporters out there, hey, don't get complacent. Don't, you know, kind of stand back on, on you know, and, and take it easy here because Democrats are coming hard charging in this state. They see Texas as a place uh, that they can eventually turn blue. And Jason, we've talked to people about this, including uh, up in Collin County, which has been a Republican stronghold for a long time in North Texas. And Democrats there had planned on this sort of gradual you know blueing of the county and and you know last we talked to them they said, oh yeah, we've moved that timeline way up. We think oh, we yeah. can get there a lot faster and now we're seeing Democrats become more bullish in other parts of the state like that as well
0: So, so as we're brainstorming uh, what to do on this episode really kind of focused in on on money and and what Democrats are, are working on in the background, Uh, we ran across an article that had just been published hours earlier great minds think alike they yes (laughs) by none other than abby (laughs) livingston and some of her colleagues at the texas tribune abby livingston if if you uh don't know abby you should know abby Hmm. she is a fort worth native she is the uh, dc bureau chief for the texas tribune and abby is with us on the line right now hey abby
2: Hey guys. Th- Thanks, Thanks for being
1: with us today and thinking on the same wavelength.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure. It's uh you know, it's it's uh, you know the old maxim of journalism: follow the money, and that's that's what I'm trying to well, do. And we're
1: at that critical point too. Uh, you know, part of your article in the Texas Tribune uh, that I found interesting, and and it makes a lot of sense. Is right now is the time when we see these bank accounts get bloated about as big as they're going to get uh, probably before we get to election day, because now we're about to see the cash burn happen.
2: Correct. So if you're running a strong functional. US House campaign, uh, your candidate, and you don't have a primary challenge, but you are worried about the general election. What you do for the fir- from probably January 3rd of the beginning of the term until um, mid-August is you raise money and you try to spend as little as possible of that money. Um, you bank it, you bank it, you bank it, and then you use that money starting in August or Labor Day in a concerted television ad campaign. Mm. And one of the reasons that is so important for a candidate to do that, because a lot of candidates will sit back and say, oh, a super PAC will take care of me. It'll be fine. There's two problems with that thinking. One is um, candidates get a lower rate for television. It's a a court ruling, and that is crucial in a market like DFW, which is the largest in the state and super expensive. So a candidate pays less per TV ad than uh, a super PAC the other thing is um and it's the more interesting thing to me um fundraising also reflects organization motivation enthusiasm Mm. and if a candidate does well in fundraising it telegraphs to the national parties i'm a credible candidate incumbent um and you know, national groups are a little they don't want to carry the load. They wanna be as flexible as possible and they want their candidates to have as much money so that they can move and they can shift in districts and not have all the onus put on them. And so that's kind of what I look for at this time of year. So the the reports were filed on June 30th, they came out July fifteenth, and that is really when they're gonna have more money than they'll ever have. And
0: Abby, you're talking about the reports. So in this article that you released on on Monday, the twenty-seventh of July, you guys examined the campaign finance reports for all kinds of candidates. But let's back up just for a moment. If people who might not follow the money trail like reporters do, journalists do, Mm -hmm. like Yolitics does. (laughs) (laughs) But let's back up for a moment. So in 2018, Beto O'Rourke gave Ted Cruz a run for his money. John Cornyn is up two years later, right now. John Cornyn in 2018 says, wow. This might be tough for me if if Cruz is in that kind of trouble. So Cornyn starts sounding the alarm bells and saying, hey, don't take all, hey, GOP, don't take all the money out of Texas. We might need some here to make sure we have some cash here. You start digging in in 2019, looking at the campaign finance reports. Abby, tell us what you found in 2019 compared to what you're finding today in the 2020 reports. Well, I think what
2: I'm um, so Corden said, made those remarks to me a year ago. And basically beyond that, what he's saying, and he didn't explicitly say it, but I need you to run hard, Congressman X. If you are in a tough Republican or if you're in a super safe Republican district, do not rest on your laurels because I may need your help. And you know, when he's probably right, when Beto O'Rourke loses by 200,000 votes in a state of 28 million, um, that's not that many votes. And so Democrats, um, Uh, And so basically comparing the 2018 cycle and the 2020 cycle, um, Democrats made a lot of headway between 2016 and 2018. Republicans made a little headway. What happened when I went through these reports last week was the 2020 numbers, Republicans have plummeted in fundraising. There's a lot of reasons for that. Complacency is one of them, but there's also a lot of others. Democrats have increased it. And so now Democratic congressional candidates, U.S. House candidates in the state of Texas aggregate have a lot more money to spend on campaigns than their Republican counterparts. Yeah,
1: the graph with the article uh, is is, it really speaks to this, too, Abby, because we see 2016, 2018 and 2020. Uh, In that time, Republicans, uh, they started off with 32.3 million in 2016, 34.8 million in 2018. Now we're at 2020 and they're coming in at 19.2 million. They they really went off a cliff there with their money. And at the same time, you see Democrats over the years. 2016 they were at 11.4 million, 2018 21.8 million, now 2020 26.7 million. So you see Democrats climbing in fundraising there, you see Republicans going down. You mentioned that complacency is part of it, but we also have some uh, some prominent powerful Republicans who've had to share some of that money some of them are retiring uh, from Congress and 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 therefore haven't been doing the fundraising. So it's a layered thing. But at the end of the day, uh, the bank account just looks better right now for Democrats in a lot of cases.
2: Absolutely. And one thing that would make those numbers even crazier is Dan Crenshaw is a real star congressman from Houston. He's a Republican. He's kind of the great hope of the future of Texas Republicans. And he's a national figure. And he's got four million dollars in the bank. That is an obscene Mm. amount of money. So if you take Dan Crenshaw out of that, he's somewhat of an outlier. It's an even bigger problem. Mm. Um, And so for Cornyn's perspective, you know, he needs Republicans to get the vote out in their district, even if it is in West Texas and there is not a Democrat a thousand miles away. What Cornyn is trying to say is get the vote out. I need that vote to offset Mm. what's happening elsewhere in the state.
0: Abby, you mentioned that money is a sign of energy and momentum, obviously, um, and Democrats seem to have that. So let me go back to the the thesis for this and ask you that question. Are we seeing Texas turning blue right now before our eyes?
2: Um, well, that's the multi-hundred million dollar question <laughs> in American politics right now. And I don't know. Um, things in our country are so volatile that um, I, I don't like to make predict- predictions. But I think there's two, the, the question is, is this a realignment or not? And the smartest people in politics will not answer that question. Um, you've got a lot of people who are um, do not like the president. He has underperformed in the state. Um, and the question is, do they go back home this fall or in 2022? Um, Republicans are very hopeful things return back to quote unquote, normal after, uh, whenever Trump leaves office at whatever point that occurs. Um, will that happen? Will that
0: happen, though? I mean, the, the the landscape has changed permanently, hasn't it?
2: I think the suburbs are changing. And I think the thing that for all of the criticism of Congressman O'Rourke's presidential campaign and things like that, I think his lasting influence on the state is he's the one who got a lot of people to vote Democratic for the first time. And there's you know, I think it, it, it crossed a Rubicon for a lot of people. So we will see. I, I'm very reluctant but it is moving at light speed at this in this cycle, and I, I dug into the numbers to try to understand that.
1: Abby, you know, for a long time uh, Texas has been known as sort of this ATM, uh, where uh, you know different both parties, uh, you know, can uh, raise a lot of money here uh, because there's a lot of high dollar donors here, and they take it to other races outside the state of Texas. Are we likely, perhaps, to see a reverse of that this time around, where perhaps uh, you know maybe some of these Republicans who you know don't have as money much money in the bank as their Democratic challenger end up reaching outside the state or relying on PACs or something like that to help them out?
2: Absolutely. There's already a lot of reservations happening of Republican super PACs um, to challenge some Democratic, at least one Democratic incumbent in Houston, and um, to protect sitting members. Um, What is also happening is the donor class is getting antsy. Um, you've got some very wealthy Democratic donors who are looking at this and saying, I don't wanna give money unless you're gonna spend it in this state. I'm t- mm-hmm. I've spent my entire adult life giving money out of state. And then you have Republican donors. and th- There are many more wealthy Republican donors in Texas than Democrats. And they're sitting there saying, uh, you know, and you can't always legally earmark money, but sometimes you can, depending on what your entity is. and um, I think there's probably some very wealthy Republicans who do not want to be represented by Democrats or see Texas turn blue or purple. And that could have both of them could have a chain reaction of National Party operatives having to make calculations. Do I pull money out of Indiana and put it in Texas Hmm. or vice versa? And so um, I think it is going to be the most Texas is now the deposit place rather than the ATM at this Hmm. point.
0: And, Abby, it's not just Biden and Trump. It's not just John Cornyn and MJ Hagar. But it's also a, a lot of these congressional races, as you as you've mentioned as well. And I want to talk about that for a moment because the Cook Political Report is is one of those you know observers that kind of uh, ranks and rates races for our listeners who aren't familiar with it. Um, and the Cook Political Report has looked at a handful of Texas congressional seats and said they are no longer solid Republican, but they're likely Republican. And we're talking about places that you would think would be solid red. Can you tell us who these incumbents are? You know where this is and, and what's going on?
2: Um, so the the newest race ratings are fairly concentrated in the DFW area. Um, and so one is the the third congressional district, which is Collin County, um, which I, I always have thought I was deeply Republican. Um, the incumbent there's a freshman named van taylor he's very motivated he's a go-getter he can self-fund if he gets in trouble um but there was a dramatic change in the margins in that district versus history um in 2018 and so democrats are very um bullish and the democratic candidate there and i'm going to butcher her name but i'm going to look at uh, lulu seek C- Sakali. I I should know that and I apologize. Um, We should know it as well too, Abby. We don't know it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She, she only had $40,000 compared to his million dollars on her campaign report, but she used part of that money for a direct mail firm. That is a huge, expensive, professional, sophisticated step for a campaign. And then a week after the runoff, she released an internal poll. I was more interested in the fact that she could afford a poll than what the poll said. So it's like there, she's, you know, she may not ever come to Congress, but we said the same things about, um, you know, uh, a race down in Sugarland uh, with a con- uh, a candidate named Shri Kolkarni. He was sort of like, is this a real thing? And he was running a professional race. He didn't win, but the margin was closer and he is now, um, uh, really in the hunt on his second run. And so there, what I'm trying to lay out is there's building blocks being built for this cycle and maybe next cycle. Oh, and and
0: Ro- Roger Williams, Congressman Williams is another Roger one, Williams. Ron Wright is another one. Th- these are places that, that, like you said about Collin County, one would think they would be solid red, the suburbs of DFW.
2: Absolutely. It's, it's astounding. And, um, you know, we will see... These are such reach districts. I, I'm really having a hard time intellectually processing that they might flip, hmm. but they could if the wave is big enough. If you look back in the history of um, uh, wave years, there was a safe Democratic seat that fell on the Gulf Coast to con- former Congressman Blake Farenthal. So these things fall. It's like you think and you. The metaphor and the cliche is think about all these swimmers out in the ocean and they have their surfboards. And if the wave hits, do they have their board ready to go, ready to, to surf, or do they just get wiped out? And so what I'm saying is a lot of the, these candidates challenging in these districts, the Democrats have professional, the early signs of a professional campaign. Um, and those incumbents are going to have to run harder than they've ever run before. And also going back to the money issue, one of the roles of safe Republicans is to raise money for the House Republican campaign arm um, to help incumbents across the country buy their TV ads. And I'm gonna bet a lot of those candidates don't do that this cycle. Mm they need to protect themselves.
1: So, Abby, in a lot of these places uh, where we've usually seen a a very safe seat where there might actually be a dogfight this time around, uh, what's the the bottom line takeaway for me, you know, average Joe? Am I just going to be seeing a lot more political ads than I usually do going into a general election? Is is that pretty much the biggest change I'll notice?
2: You're going to, in a world of COVID, probably yes. Mm. Um, And, you know, you might get a call from a pollster, um, but I think Texas has been such a political backwater in national politics that I think um, folks in the Lone Star State are going to get a dose of what it's like to live in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So it's going to... I'm sure there's going to be some people who don't want to watch television around October 25th.
1: Let me let me join on the end of that, though, since Texas (laughs) has always been sort of this political backwater. You're always chasing around this congressional delegation from Texas there in D.C. How much are other parts of the country, other representatives watching what is happening in Texas? Because what happens here this year could be crucial. I mean, Senator Ted Cruz just said not long ago that uh, if we lose Texas, we lose this whole thing.
2: I think in the Democratic world, it's an absolute fascination, obsession. Hmm. Um, I talked to one top party strategist who said she wakes up every morning thinking about Texas. Hmm. Um, What I I think there are some Republicans who are deeply worried about the state of these congressional races in the state. Um, But I think one thing that is a struggle for Republicans to wrap their heads around is Um, they've, there's been an entire generation of people who've worked where there were no general election campaigns and Republicans are just used to winning. And I think the idea of losing is a really hard thing to process. Um, some are running terrified. Others continually assure me everything's fine. This is overblown. Democrats have reached too far into the suburbs. But, um, I, I think, and it's, I, I mentioned kind of this to a democratic operative that, um, the historical, Um, background of some of these races reassures Republicans. And this Democratic person said um, that's what they said about Orange County Hmm. in California last cycle. And Orange County is like the heart of Reagan Republicanism and all of the congressional seats fell to the Democrats last cycle. So it's I I would say there is a mix of almost panic and a mix of this is overblown, everything's fine.
0: And less than 100 days out. We're going to know soon, guys.
1: All right, Abby Livingston there from the Texas Tribune. Abby knows everything that's going on uh, in D.C., uh, especially when it comes to the Texas delegation. And, you know, the, the big takeaway for me there, Jason, was, you know, when you get outside of all the dollars and figures and, you know, the, the, the spin on both sides, just the fact that she says that there is this operative in D.C., who isn't from texas who wakes up every morning and the first thing she thinks about is texas so you can see that you know texas is is kind of taking a place uh in this election cycle that it hasn't had before usually it's just been solidly read and uh you know reliably and no one really thinks much about
0: it yeah abby said a couple of other things that really struck me and one was about beto's lasting influence History is still being written about Beto, and his future is is still a little unknown, his political future. Um, But that was interesting how she thinks that maybe that's one of the things that he will be remembered for, and that that he changed, and that is getting people in the suburbs to consider voting Democratic, and a lot lot of them did. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other one-liner she had, the donor class is getting antsy. If that doesn't tell you a lot yeah. about where we are and what's going on then I'm not I'm not sure you know what else will but it's fascinating to talk to her but here's the thing at the end of the day Jason Republicans have a lot of cash. Republicans know what's going on. Republicans are not going to sit by and let this happen. Democrats are surging but Republicans mm-hmm. are not going to just sit by and let this thing collapse on them.
1: Yeah, nationally, it's just a question of how much runway do you have at this point? If one party is ahead of you in fundraising, do you have enough runway left before you get to Election Day to make up that difference? And, you know, we should also note here, though, that money isn't everything. You've been around politics for a long time, Jason, and you know that somebody can come in with a huge war chest and they can be easily outworked by somebody who has way less money than them and actually defeated by that person who has that smaller bank account. I'll
0: give you one name, Ted Cruz. Mm. Ted Cruz is the underdog no one thought would beat the lieutenant governor at the time, David Dewhurst. They were both running for the Senate seat that Kay Bailey Hutchison was leaving. And Ted Cruz outworked him, completely mm-hmm. outworked him. He was also benefited by having a, a runoff in, in the dead of uh, dead of summer, too, that not many people showed up for.
1: You know, we just had another one of those runoffs in the dead of summer, and a lot of people showed up. In fact, uh, the Democratic Party in Texas noted that they had more voters turnout for that runoff than any runoff in their history in this state. This was for uh, the race between M.J. Hagar and Royce West to determine who would take on John Cornyn in the fall. Uh, and so they're feeling really good just about the fact that that many people uh, came out and, and, and made their wishes known in a runoff election when you usually see some pretty uh, paltry results as far as turnout goes. Uh, you did mention, Jason, uh, that Republicans have been raising a lot of money as well. We've been focusing, here on sort of those you know national races you know for for Senate here in Texas and for president and for uh, the congressional uh, races this is also happening at the state level though too uh, to determine you know the control of the State House in Austin which has long again been reliably Republican uh, Democrats uh, feeling really good about the fact that they have reached a uh, fundraising record uh, so far this year uh, but Republicans, feeling good about the fact that they've set their own record uh, in fundraising here in this last quarter. So each side is kind of uh, getting their supporters together and saying, look what they're doing over there. We better work harder and dig deeper into our pockets to make sure that we're countering them. So this is a real arms race. Uh, The question is, how does it all go down uh, less than 100 days from now, as you were saying to Abby? And uh, this is going to be an interesting one to watch and uh, get ready for all of those ads to start uh, showing up, uh, hanging on your door, arriving in the mailbox, playing on the TV, coming across your phone line when you're trying to eat dinner. Uh, it's going to be happening.
0: And the thesis for this whole podcast episode was, are we witnessing Texas turning blue? Hmm. We may be. We may be looking back in, what, 98, 97 or 98 days and say, hey, that that was it. We just didn't identify it. Um, there's. Mm-hmm. It, it's a good question that, that uh, a lot of people think we are, and Republicans say not so fast. And in 100 days, we're going to know for sure either way. Passing your seatbelts,
1: uh, this is going to be a, an interesting ride over these next uh, three months or so. Uh, As always, uh, thanks to all for listening today. Let us know your thoughts, uh, what you think of the podcast, ideas, uh, anything you got. Uh, Leave a message for us there and be sure to subscribe so that you can get this thing when it uh, drops every Tuesday morning.